the boys down the road. Look, guys, I, I gotta say, I love our like original intro. This it feels good to be back to the, the originality. But I do want to throw something out there really quick. Quick fun fact for everybody: um, you guys watch Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately. Uh, so you know the Cantina band. Do you know what type of music they play? Mm. So it's not jazz, but it's jizz. Mm. It's just a weird, weird thing. Jizz. They call it jizz. I don't know yeah. why they call it jizz. Not your best work. It's not my best work. <laughs> but it's actually fun. Fa- it's an actual fun fact. I don't, I didn't understand it. <laughs> I don't know what jizz is. I don't I don't watch Star Wars. I'm not a nerd. Sorry. Wow. Loser. Welcome to the boys down the road. My name is Tyler. My name is Paul. Shane. Troy. And I just got fucking dunked on about my jizz comment. But uh, there's a good reason I was bringing up jizz and jazz and all that good stuff. Today we are talking about the Axeman of New Orleans. The devil. <laughs> the devil who haunted the streets. A lot of people uh, compare the devil to heavy metal music, but I think today we're going to learn that the devil loved jazz. Oh. Well, you know that a lot of like old music with jazz was like the deal with the devil. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right, not fiddle. Uh, that, there's a fiddle involved. Fiddle dog. It's either the saxophone, guitar, or the fiddle. Fiddle all day. Wasn't there a famous jazz musician that was like, like the story was he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads to let become famous? Yeah, it's uh, Charlie Daniels. No. I don't believe that's him. Idiot. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to kick us off with just uh, some information going on in the world. Uh, during the 1910s, America was on the upswing. We were going into the roaring 20s. We were becoming a world power. However, in New Orleans, shit was hitting the fan. Uh, does anybody know what's going on in 1910 worldwide? Nope. Okay, great. That's, <laughs> yep. That's all I got. None of us cared. Uh, yeah, we weren't alive. Who gives a fuck? Uh, in 1918, the Axeman first appeared. But at the same time, the Spanish influenza was wrecking the world. Uh, we we hear about the Spanish flu a lot, like in life. Like I, I've heard people talk about it a million times. But until I did some research, I didn't realize how bad this really was. Spanish flu killed 50 million people worldwide and approximately seven, uh, 675,000 in the U.S., which in America, there's only 103 million people in 1918. Today, we have roughly 330 million. So that's almost a third of the population. We're getting pretty close. A lot of people got clapped. Yeah. Just Not by an axe, though. True. Yeah. Not by an axe. Yeah, but they're, you know... He kind of sucked at his job. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is uh, how the Axeman wasn't a very good serial killer. He's a very good serial attacker, but not a very good serial killer. But he did make a name for himself. I mean, he did. He really did. I I want to say I think he has the best serial killer name of all time. Axeman of New Orleans? Axeman of New Orleans is so dope. I solely think he's popular only because of the letter he wrote. The letter is really I mean, that That's like the funniest story about it. Like that, he made everybody play that music. I mean, a hundred percent. I think that's what like Albert Fish is like really known for as well is the the Grace Bud letter. Yep. Like, it, it's it's I say Grace Bud. It's Grace Bud. It's, it's a name. I, I always do that. But uh, I think serial killers who leave their mark and write letters are always a little bit more known. Like, I think that's why we like Jeffrey Dahmer. He talks so much about himself. It's like it's 
There's like another level of arrogance there. And it's so fucking annoying, though. Oh, yeah. And Axeman's no different. Uh, the Axeman in New Orleans uh, was active for about 18 months. Um, put in perspective, uh, a lot of serial killers are active for about one to four years at the most. Proven, that is. Yes. Uh, proven that he was active for about 18 months. The, the kills that we're going to talk about. Uh, there were six confirmed kills out of the 12 different attacks, though two of these are questioned whether or not they're even his. Um, there are four 100% confirmed that they're more than likely the Axeman in New Orleans. Uh, we do not know who the Axeman in New Orleans is. Nobody to this day has cracked the case of who the Axeman is. There's been multiple arrests. And no, no convictions, no proof, no evidence. People have served time for this shit. By false accusations, which is messed up. Well, in 1911, there was similar murders where someone snuck in and killed people in their beds with axes. See, I've never heard that. That's yeah. crazy. There's several cases on it. So, uh, to give you guys a little bit of idea of his MO, uh, the Axeman's plan was to break into Italian grocery stores and slip upstairs. Uh, the, the way that these buildings are laid out in New Orleans is you would have the, the grocery store or the shop, and then above it, you would end up having like the bedroom. Uh, it's it's a way that a lot of the earlier, um, like style of buildings were is you would live where you worked. Um, he would slip up there and attack the owners while they slept, and attack them in their beds. He would often cut a hole in the base of the door. Uh, if you guys remember, you know how doors have like the little slats in the bottom. He would cut one of those out with a chisel. And I think he would open the door and or slip through the hole to go in and attack them with an axe. Normally, one of the that the owner had left outside to cut firewood, and he'd brutalize his victims in their bed. A lot of times he would leave the axe in the front yard or nearby mm-hmm. the crime scene. Didn't he always use, well, I don't know if it was always, but I, was it? Mostly, he would use the, his victims, like like you said, axe, but like he would always try to find something to kill his victims with that, that he, victim he would, owned. Mm-hmm. He would never bring anything to the area or leave with it, other than maybe the chisel to get in the door, but even then, that's not proven. I, I think I, the reason, he, I think he, like the whole thing was like, I'm just trying to disrespect these people as much as I possibly can. That's why he, he taunted the cops, he killed the people with their own weapons. Like he, he wanted as much disrespect as possible. Oh, yeah, 100%. He, he was an arrogant individual. Um, th- and I believe without a question, uh, this is racially motivated. He only went after Italian grocers. Well, in one instance, he did not. Yes, but more, more, times, uh, more times than not, he went after Italian immigrants. Oh, yeah. And the ones where he didn't go after are the ones that are always questionable whether they were his. It was like three out of five. Were yeah. The first five, three, or three out of the first five were Italian grocers. Well, it was also known that he did not have any sort of accent, so he was possibly born raised in the area. Mm-hmm. He's mad that these immigrants are coming from Italy and getting all the jobs and stuff. Selling better tomatoes than them. True. Mm-hmm. Getting at that pasta. He, he tormented this community for over a year based upon ethnicity. And I think that is one of the most horrific things. And I think one of the other most horrific things is that this man never got caught. He got away with it up until his supposed death. He could technically... Te- no, he, no. No. No, I, I forgot what year it was. Uh, 
he would have to be very old, but he could have been alive when we were being born, 100%, and we would never have known. Is it even known, like, roughly his age or anything like that? I'm not sure. I, I think there's, like, brief, like vague descriptions of him, because normally it's in the middle of the night and they're getting their face smashed in, so it's kind of hard to... Do you have anything on that, Paul? Um, it's... They said it was a grown man, very heavy set, dark colored skin. Now, um, but they couldn't get an age. Said he wore a suit and uh, very slouched. It's even more wild that he's he's uh, heavy set then because he was like so sneaky. Like someone, if he was heavy set, it's wild that he was so sneaky as he was being heavy set. That's one of the more interesting things with getting through that slat in that door. Is he was supposedly a bigger dude. How is he creeping through the door? But see, later on in one of the cases, the lady uh, stated that it was her neighbor and his son. that, And they went to jail for a year. Mm-hmm. But then they found out he was too big to fit. So if he was a bigger man, what's to say the neighbor's son actually wasn't the guy? Yeah. It's possible. 100% possible. So on May 23rd, 1918, first murder. From the Axeman uh, occurred. It was two Italian grocers, uh, man and wife, Joseph and Catherine Maggio. They were both found laying in the apartment above the store. Both of their throats were slashed and their heads were caved in from an axe. Um, clothes uh, were found nearby the store that belonged to the killer. There was a message written in chalk that said, um, Mirs Maggio will sit up tonight. Uh, people were questioned, um, detained, but everybody was released on due to lack of evidence. Which is going to come up quite a bit. That's, that's one of the most terrifying things I've ever heard of, is you're asleep in your bed, and you wake up and there's a creepy dude over you with an axe going, Hey, I'm going to kill you. It's also like a super overkill. I mean, he like he took a razor blade, sliced them up, and then beat their heads in. Like it was like super like sending a message. I feel like you can feel the anger, like a hundred percent. There's a there's a theory, and um, I I don't know where it's gonna fall in the timeline of how we're talking about this, but there's a theory, um, that the Axe Man is not human, and a lot of people, uh, entertain that, especially in the early, um, like the early days of the case is that this is a demon from a different dimension that is showing up and tormenting us for some reason, which is more like, how do you combat that? In the note he sends, he says, I'm not, I'm a supernatural being or whatever he says, but also could just be, he's super arrogant, super cocky, like, yeah, I'm that guy, you know? Or, or he heard about these fears and he dove into them, which is crazy. That makes him more terrifying too, because people are saying these statements and then he feeds into it, and now they get more terrified. It causes way more chaos. Fueling the fear. And I don't know this for sure, but in, like, in my mind, I feel like back then, like the world was way more religious than it is now. So him using that against them, I feel like this is, like you said, putting more fear into them. I feel like I'm not human. I would assume that in 1918, the America was a lot more religious than it is now, for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know specifically in New Orleans around this time. Because I mean, semi-immigrants, it's a it's a social hub, but more than likely, and even then, I meant you still gotta be scared of this motherfucker. Right, he's creeping in your house, killing your babies. 
while you're sleeping. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. It's supposed to be like your most peaceful time, and like you just get interrupted. I don't think he killed any babies. I think he did actually kill yeah. one baby. We'll get to one baby. I, uh, we'll Child. get to that. I think there's a baby. Well, it's a baby. There's in my been. Eyes. I thought it was like a two month old. No. Oh, well, was it? Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay, okay. Paul, Paul has all the information on the victims. Some of them. Most of them. Go ahead. Well, the second attack um, happened on June 27th, 1918. It was a Harriet Lowe and Louis Bessemer. And guess what? They were grocers as well. Um, they were discovered in a pool of blood after people noticing that they had not opened the store yet. Um, Louis was struck with an axe just right above the temple. And Lowe was hacked over the left ear. Harriet's, uh, Harriet's face was partially paralyzed, so she wanted to get surgery to for it to be corrected. Um, she died, and prior to passing, she told authorities that uh, Louis had actually done it. Um, he was arrested but acquitted on the charge on May 1st after serving nine months. Who is Louis? Louis is her lover. Mm. Scandalous. Uh, they, yes, they were not married, by the way. Harriet Lowe was the mistress. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you say that took place, that murder? It was 1918. Um, uh, the date, the month. It was June 27th. And when was the first one? It was May 23rd. So, like, it's like he's not even taking, like, you know, some circuits say, like, a rest period to, like, kind of cool down. He's not. He's, like, straight into it, into well, it. This is the thing, like, I think that also bakes, dates back to what Shane said is that there were alleged attacks that might have been connected back, what, 1911, you mm-hmm. said? Because... Their serial killers are known to have a huge break. Like it makes me wonder if that was ever connected. Possibly, but then what happened after nineteen nineteen? A huge break, hypothetically, from the flu. So uh, he's he's interesting because it's one it's about one a month. Once a month, he towards the end of the month is when he normally does his attack, and it's. It's unique because oftentimes serial killers are just very sporadic. But his is almost like a clock. It's taken down. We know it's coming. In hindsight. Do you think like he's doing this for his enjoyment? Or like, because like some like Jeffrey Dahmer, he killed people because he eat them or whatever he did. You think this guy's like, I just, I, I just want to find somebody I, I enjoy killing? Or you think it's like a, because Italian, like you know, say he's Italian or whatever? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. I think that's racially motivated, but also I think that I think there are plenty of terrible racist people in this world that do not kill people. You can't you can't tell me that somebody just because they hate a race, they're not going to murder people. Once you start doing that, you start targeting people's lives and taking a human life. Like if you enjoy it, you're going to do it again. Mm. Are you gonna do it again? No matter time, how many times that you do it, you fail. It they're drawn to it. I also think he enjoys like that the cops can't figure out who it is. He's so arrogant. He likes to like yeah. You I am. You can't figure it out. I'm too smart for you. It's a game. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, back then he left his bloody clothes at the crime scene. Isn't it? That, isn't that's that how wild? That is. That is so. Fucked up, though. And, like, you just leave the murder weapon. You're like, you know what? <laughs> Try to catch me. Yep, left his bloody clothes, changed, head out the door. 
Which I do want to put out there that in 1918, we didn't have forensics like we do now. Exactly. Before people start asking a whole bunch of questions about that. But he would leave the weapons. That's pretty complicated, so. Well, there's a lot of people that don't know that. But they, he would leave his weapons. And they had fingerprinting, but it wasn't what it is now. They would take it and put it in a, a sleeve and leave it alone for 100 years. And that's what they would have done, but they just didn't. Because why would they do that? That's pointless. They didn't know if they'd ever use it. So they were trying to catch this guy in the act and just couldn't. Well, the third attack um, happened on August 5th uh, to a woman named Anna Snyder. Uh, she was eight months pregnant. She was 28 years old. Uh, she woke up from her sleep, and she saw a dark figure standing over her. Uh, began to bash her head in repeatedly with an axe. Husband Edward found her after returning from work. Um, he found her scalp was cut open. A uh, face covered in blood. Yet, this woman still gave birth to a healthy girl two days later. And that's whack. Um, I mean, did you want her to die? Right. Yeah, what the fuck? That's mean? whack. No, but that's whack how she still gave birth after traumatizing like that. Oh, yeah, that's whack. She should have died. What do you mean wild? Yeah. Uh, you know, tomato, tomato. I, I don't believe those are two different words. That's like, whack. She should have died. That's like that's potato what I'm and tomato. That's two different words, man. And then. And she also survived too. Like she didn't die. Any, no, she, she she survived. Yeah, that's yeah. They actually had once again another man arrested, and then released because there was no proof, lack of evidence. He didn't do it. It was probably her husband. Well, tired of her shit. True. So maybe it wasn't his baby. <laughs> yeah, He's exactly. like, you know what? I'm gonna this baby going to foster care. Scandalous. <laughs> Do you, do you think that like any of these murders like weren't connected? Like, what well, if this one was the husband, but the rest of them were actually the ex murder? Do you think they're all like you? You do y'all believe your personal opinion? Like they all all him? I mean, she wasn't a grocer, right? True, but at the same time, he's he might be targeting a certain race, but at the same time, he's maybe he's just bloodthirst, you know. Yeah. He's wanting to kill it. it. He gets an enjoyment out of it. I mean, there's no sexual assault to the bodies at all, but I mean, like, can you somebody kill somebody like that? You've got to like have some sort of like pleasure out of it. Pleasure out of the murder, not pleasure out of like the body, of course. Well, well, I mean, I, I don't think he's fucking his body after it's been. There's no evidence. No, no, no I'm not saying. I think he does get like, evidence. I think he does get pleasure. I think that's one of his big fucking things. Hundred percent. If he doesn't, what's he doing it for? Yeah. But to answer your question from my point of view, I, he's, I think every serial killer is unique in their own way. And I think that he is, as we'll see, he gets a bit different. Uh, if the first three, four attacks, once a month. It's almost a month in between. And then when he comes back, because there is a break, there is a resting period as we talked about. When he comes back, shit gets scary. And it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. Hey, play jazz. Hey, do this. That's when he hits a different level. Uh, but if I think it's different people, possibly. Because at that point, it what's to stop me from killing Paul and being like, oh, the axe man struck? Nothing. And you would arrest me anyways. So there are people that got arrested that very well might have committed a murder, but we don't know. And we'll never know. So I, it's scary. It's weird. Different times. Very different times. It's like witch hunt. 
Problem is, is that these witches might have been fucking witches. And we don't know. So, Stay-at-home moms. <laughs> Churning that butter, man. <laughs> Got burned alive for nothing. <laughs> Fuck them. They looked at me wrong. Uh, so, um, August 10th, um, 19... I believe 19. Joseph Romano, also another elderly grocer. Um, he lived with his two nieces um, one night. That night, the 10th, obviously. Uh, they heard a bunch of commotion coming from their uncle's room. They uh, went to go see what was going on. Uh, seeing their uncle had serious injury to his head. And a suspect was fleeing. Um, unfortunately, he did die two days later. Due to uh, severe head injuries. That's the... That's where the description come into play. That's where they found uh, he was dark skin, heavy set. He wore a dark and colored suit uh, and very slouched. So, um, yeah, they, he's known for. We already spoke to. He uses the owner's hatches and all this other stuff. Um, panels of the door. It's like at some point. You think that's his signature, you know? Also, at some point, one of the victims like, "Hey, let me not leave my axe outside because this guy's murdering us with our own axe." Well, that's one of the things, right? Is like in nineteen eighteen, you're chopping your own firewood, so you have to have an axe on the property. But he's breaking in and finding the axe. He's taking the time to find this shit. So, like, it doesn't matter if they hide. That's even more scary. This guy's like walking around in the house at night. Just like, what can I find to murder this innocent family who's just going to bed, who's just living their life? What could have been your neighbors, too? You could take your neighbor's axe. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but sure. I mean, BTK did that shit, man. Uh, BTK is notorious for just chilling in the house, waiting, drinking that glass of water, and just waiting to attack. And that's the most, that's one of the scariest things. Have you ever seen um, The Strangers? Yes. Fucking can't do it because that, that movie fucking freaks the fuck out of that, me. That movie is wild. Con- yeah, concept of a big dude in my closet waiting, just up. waiting to strike when you can. So, um, there was alleged sightings of the axe being reported, who's actually disguised as a woman. Some people said jumping over fences uh, for a long time, like people were terrified, and then months went by, it was quiet. No attacks. And, um, well, where Bessemer was uh, released because there was attacks while he was incarcerated. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. What year was World War One? 1914? Um, yeah, uh, I think 19... Is that right? 1914 and 1919? Yeah, let's look this up before Is we that? get made fun of. Is that right? But also, I want to ask a question. The, you said that there was a break, a couple months break. Yeah. Why do you think there was a break? Why do you think all of a sudden he was like, yeah, I'm just going to cool off a little bit? Do you think he was scared that he might get caught? Do you think that he was just like, I don't really feel like doing it this time? So it's 1914 to 1918, November the 11th of 1918. What if he decided to go hang out in the military for a little bit? Maybe. It's possible. Unlikely. Possible, though. Because, I mean, this is from August of 1918 to... The next year? March the 10th was the actual next... So maybe uh-huh. he was over there serving and waiting, cleaning up, and then coming back. Maybe. But unlikely for him to do a tour for that short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. For just for a couple months, seems kind of wild. Maybe that's where he got that kick for killing people. 
I like this shit. <laughs> this is great. True. Fuck, fuck the Germans. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, they we do fight the Italians in World War One too, right? Uh, yeah. Brothers, no. no. We don't talk about World War One a lot, so it's it's one of those where I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Talk about World War Two a lot. Fuck Mussolini. You know, history and shit. Nerd shit. <laughs> I love history. But yeah, he does just like a random like hiatus for a little bit. It's like like he's got bored. Like eh, I don't feel like doing it. So a lot of people call that the cooling down period. When it comes to serial killers, is a lot of serial killers take a couple months off or a year or a few years. Uh, Dahmer took a couple years after his first kill, and then he just went off the fucking deep end. But why? Why go back to back to back to back? I mean, like, nah, I'm going to take a few months off. Why all of a sudden is it like, I'm going to take a few months off? Why is he not t- killing somebody, taking a few months off? Killing somebody, taking a few months off? Uh, it It's hard to get into that psyche. So BTK is another... Uh, I, I know a lot about BTK. He's one of the most interesting to me. Um, he, in 05, after having been unact- like non-active for 20-plus years, goes, I'm going to kill somebody else. And finally, he like writes a letter about it. And he was stalking. He was ready to do it again. Just because. They just get the urge and they're like, hey, I'm going to do it. And I think it's just he got the urge. And he was like, I'm good for now. I'm okay for a little bit. He also might have disappeared. He might have went to California for a little bit. But it might also have been because the last one, he had a scuffle with the guy. True. And he injured him and ran away. Might have scared him a little bit. Like, hey, I need to. Toughen up. Right. I need to take a break a little bit. When I worked out for six yeah, months. We just fucking hit the gym, son. <laughs> Pump that iron. Pump them axes, you know? Yeah. Dude, he started reading and he's like, I'm not slouched. Yeah. What? I'm not pudgy. What kind of description is this? These motherfuckers are going to regret this. I, I wear a medium. <laughs> so on March 10th, 1919, um, Charles, Rosie, and Mary Cordelina, I believe I said that right. Probably not. Probably not. Um, there were immigrants, um, also grocers. So uh, one night, neighbor, uh, Orlando Giordano, had heard screams coming from their apartment. Jordan, what is Giordani? It's no. What? What is that name? Isn't it Jordano? Jordano. I got Jordani on mine. <laughs> what is this, a nursery rhyme? Jordano. Also, can you say the name of the family again? Uh, I, I said it was like Cordelina. I got Cardamiglia. It's close enough. Tomato, tomato. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's you like black what? and wild. You know, who knows? So these uh, Italian immigrants, um, <laughs> their names was Charles, Rosie, and Mary. How's that? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Sorry, guys. We, we care about the victims on the show, but, like, they're Italians. This is hard to pronounce. True. We're, um, we're dumb and from the South. True. I do want to point out that the Mary is a child, and she was two years old. Um, baby. But before I was really interrupted um, for my misinterpretation of a name, um, the uh, Orlando. Jordano. I, I, I swear to God. <laughs> So, he uh, he heard uh, screams coming from the family's house. Um, He ran across the street, check on them. Um, He found them that they were attacked. Um, The story was Rosie woke up to Charles being attacked by a large man, heavy set, old fatso, wielding an axe. Um, Husband had fell to the floor. Then... um, 
herself and her two-year-old kid was viciously attacked. A neighbor found Charles on the floor, lying in a pool of blood. Rosie standing was standing in the door, clutching to her deceased daughter. The couple was sent to the hospital. Charles was released two days later. Um, wife remained, but unfortunately, like I said, the baby died. You said the wife lived? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um... So, this is one of the ones that's speculated it might not be him, right? Um, no. Um, there was something else that happened. So, she, um, like I said, the neighbor and his 18-year-old son, Frank, were the ones that went over to the house, um, to check on the family. Um, come to find out, uh... She actually stated that it was her neighbor and his son, Frank, was the ones that attacked their family. That's the one I was talking about earlier. Yep. Um, they actually uh, served a lot of time for that. Yeah. Um, so, a little bit backstory about them. You said the wife said the neighbors attacked them? Yes. Do you think it could be that she was just missing, like she just... Saw somebody attack her husband. That's the first person they saw. Well, she saw I'm, actually, she was like, I'm actually going to tell you about it. Well, tell me about it, Paul. <laughs> so, um, she made the statement, and they were arrested and sentenced. Um, they had marriage issues, Charles and Rosie. Um, she ended up, well, they he ended up divorcing her. And years later, she, well, not years later, but a year later, she ended up getting uh, smallpox. And she was dying. So, um, she had actually made the statement that she, I think it was on February 2nd of 1920, she had had a dream that she saw St. Michelangelo, I believe it was. Uh, that he had said that, because for so long she kept saying that it was them, but she had been lying. And she f- refused to tell the truth. Um, what had actually happened is that these two families were close. They were very close to each other. Then the neighbor of Rosie and Charles ended up getting a new store and getting some of their um, stuff, like, people's businesses and stuff. So they became rivals. So what did she do? She pawned it off on them. Um, I think Frank was sentenced to hang, uh, and his father was sentenced to life in prison. He was 69 years old. Yeah. And had some kind of health condition. Yeah, he was, he couldn't even And the son was too large to fit in the door that supposedly the axe man came through. But the description says he's the axe man's a large man. Yeah. So that kind of like coincides with what? So if his son couldn't fit, then how could the axe man fit? Yeah. So she, from what she stated, is that he, they actually didn't do it. Um, she admitted to the fact, I think it was the next day, February 3rd, that um, she lied about the incident. So, uh, in reference to the the concept of it could have been this big boy, is I, I would like to say 
I feel like if you knocked out the bottom slab and then reached up, you could maybe unlock that door. So, it's very possible. Could have been Big Boy. And also could not have been. I feel like if it was a big guy, he would not have went 50% with this. He would have killed more. Oh, yeah. He, he killed six and injured six. I've met a lot of big dudes who are also pussies, dog. You're one of them, but um, <laughs> this guy I feel like would have at least done more. I'm sad. <laughs> if only I had an axe. I got one right here. Also, uh, theorist right here. Maybe Big Boy was uh, getting bullied. He was a little upset. So he's like, I'm killing the whole town for making fun of my pudginess. That's my theory. Like me. You're the wrong town, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the father and the son were released uh, December 19th of 1920 because of she recanted her statement. Said she lied. Which... December 19 and 1920 is after a bunch of other shit happens. Like, that's a little late, guys. That's fucked up. The letters already came out, a bunch of other stuff. But where she was on her deathbed, that is considered, I mean, by law, that that is a statement that is used. But, like Tyler said, the, he'd already wrote the letter while they're in prison. So he, he's going to kill more people while they're in prison? And there's um, been two other attacks, right? Uh, yeah, mistaken. so they should have been smart enough to let them out already. Yeah, and there was alleged, which I'll talk about later, alleged kills that happened that possibly could have been the axe murderer while they were in prison. Yeah, so I just said. I mean, like 200 miles from where they were incarcerated. Oh, I got you. Uh, I feel like the reason this guy wasn't caught, not because he was so slick and so good, is because everybody else just kept messing up the case. Like this woman telling the wrong people and the cops messing up. This guy wasn't that slick. It's just everybody else just sucked. Helped him out. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, as we'll figure out the further we go on this podcast, it's normally just shitty police work is the reason why serial killers get away with killing. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> but, like, hey. I mean, BTK had the hot dog squad. They weren't doing shit right. Bro, is this about BTK or the Axeman? Ted That's like Bunt. the fourth time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the easiest one to reference with this because he wrote letters. And he, I, and he uh, also uh, stayed in the house like the Axeman did. Yeah. So the, there, are, there are very parallels to the cases. Thank you, Trey, for backing me up. So um, after all that happened, of course, everybody started freaking out, started losing their shit. Um, March 13th of 1919. Um, yeah, see, I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> so the Axeman sent a letter to the Times of Picayune. Was that how you say it? Sure. I, it, it's, it's really weird. The Pic- the Times Picayune newspaper. A local newspaper. Yeah. Um, that basically promised another take. And I got an idea. Tyler, why won't you read us this letter? I really debated doing that. Yeah, see, I'm here to murder you. Voice, but... Yeah, that's more like a mob New yeah. York type shit, dog. Yeah. This is Louisiana. I know, I can't do it. Cajun, man. Fucked it up. With Nolans. Nolans. Chewed that alligator. So, I will also say that they're, uh, what they released of it is only two sections of the letter. Uh, there will be a gap in between, and I'll, I'll space that out. But, uh, they have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible. I'm not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. The the letter then progressed. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, 
on next Tuesday night. I'm going to pass over New Orleans. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing. What a pussy. <laughs> like, I love you, jazz. You take it back. It's so it's stupid. Like, who writes a letter saying, hey, dog, I love Axe. I will kill you fools. Uh, I have a theory about this. I think the Axe man was out of town that day or that week, whatever it was. And he was like, I'm, I wonder if they'll do this. And then when he comes back, his buddy's like, yo, Tom, did you, the whole town was playing jazz. Is that not crazy? He's like, they really did that? That's what I think he did. Bro, can you imagine, though, like he... You're going home after work, you know, you holler out to your neighbor, like, hey, Carl, don't forget to play jazz tonight. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming for your ass. It, it's, it's incredible, because, like, as I said at the beginning, a lot of people associate the devil with heavy metal, but the devil loved jazz. And if this was the Axeman, that's fucking power, because everyone played jazz that night. Do you think anybody actually enjoyed the night? They're like, you know what? This is actually pretty nice. I like jazz music. I think they're all kind of terrified. I feel like there was definitely some people that did. Yeah. What what night was it? It was on March 19th. What was it? Like a Tuesday or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I would have fucked that. I wouldn't even play jazz. I would have just went to bed. Bro, you got to walk the next day. That's what I'm saying. That's how you guys get dead. Yeah, good luck. They're gonna, he's going to kill you guys because you're not playing the smooth jam. Joke's on him. Axe under the pillow, baby. Yeah, no, I got that glack glack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it probably would have been like a 1911 back then. Oh, yeah, so I got that muzzle muzzle. Then <laughs> <laughs> at this time, didn't like the uh, like the fans would take shifts too, like watching it. Like the husband would sleep while the wife's holding the gun at the door or whatever, and then the, the, mm-hmm. they would keep taking shifts. Like, dude, this guy had the fear of God in this town. Mm-hmm. There are very few serial killers that end up doing that, uh, and it's very interesting that he had that kind of power over a whole city. Uh, the Boston Strangler had people doing the same shit, but like this dude in 1918 had New Orleans in the palm of his hand. He had a whole fucking city, dude. And it's New Orleans is a big city. Uh, also, uh, for March 19th, there was a song written. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but the Axeman's Jazz was written. I don't know that. You gonna sing it to us? No, uh, no, but uh, you can find the song. I've listened to it. It's uh, called "Don't Scare Me, Papa." Isn't it like the? I mean, if you want to play it, we can play it right now for the people. I I don't think legally we can play it, but uh, I highly suggest if you're on Spotify, I believe it's on Spotify. If not, you can Google on YouTube. But "Don't Scare Me, Papa" or the Axeman's Jazz. It's kind of groovy, and a lot of people played this (laughs) song on that night. Kind of groovy. It's kind of groovy. I'm I'm more of a Benny Goodman kind of guy when it comes to my jazz. Is that the guy who did the the Crossroads Devil? Uh, no, that was a guy who did that. Charlie Daniels. I swear to God, we just went over this. It's Charlie Daniels, <laughs> and it's a it's a fucking fiddle. You don't know what you're talking about. That's why I said that like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, I, we just he keeps bringing it up. I just have it's to not he wants Charlie. it to be. It's not Charlie Daniels. It was there was a famous jazz musician who sold his soul to become famous. Stop trying to make the devil happen in jazz, buddy. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. But so who who get like how do you tell somebody like you know you're gonna get the X? Like that's just not to me. That's not an intimidating statement. Obviously, you've never been hit with a fucking axe, buddy. It's true. This is true. I feel like if you get hit with an axe, you're gonna be like, well, they I have- don't want the axe again. Or they had like amateur bands, like going to like hundreds of houses just to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that records whatever they could find, just like as long as music was being played. Can you imagine being like a very shitty jazz band, absolute shit? 
but you become fucking rich just because of the axe murder. No, I mean, the guy that wrote this song became rich off of this song. It, 100% X-Men's Jazz made this dude famous because, I mean, as we see, even in 1918, people are going to profit off of morbid curiosity. Robert Johnson is the man I'm talking about. Just Googled it. So suck it. Continue. Yeah, well, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with the axe man? And that's the guy who sold his soul to the devil I was talking about. That was not Johnny Daniels. Paul, please continue. <laughs> well, surprisingly, nobody was killed on the night that everybody was playing jazz in the bars and the houses. Um, and if I could really, if I could interrupt for one second, if you guys have uh, watched American Horror Story, this is actually a reference in season three, and the night of jazz is when is one of the big things that uh, is seen in season three. Is he's actually walking through the street very pleased with himself because jazz is being played. Interesting. Never, cool. I've watched part of the show, but it's okay. Yeah, it was a lot cooler when I was like seventeen, but like mm. you know. Yeah, it was all right. And you, you know that fed his ego. If he was there, you know that whole place is playing jazz. You know he he was feeding his ego. Have y'all seen Spider Man Three? Yes. When Tobey Maguire, he is walking down the streets, dancing when they're playing this fucking jazz music. That, yeah, that's the X Men of New Orleans right there. That's Dude, he was doing it. <laughs> Hands down, this is all I've been picturing for the last. Five minutes we've been talking about it. That sounds fucking... Just imagine he's in his pinstripe suit. He's got his little briefcase and he's just a swinging downtown. <laughs> getting it. I can't get it out of my head though. Oh, man. Well, there was no attacks for several weeks um, until August 10th of 1919. So was that five months? <sighs> the third to the eighth. So, yeah, five. So. Yeah, math. Yeah. I'm bad at this. Yeah. Well... I'll let you do the math. It's five months. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, August 10th, 1919, another Italian grocer, Steve... Boca. Boca. It says Boca, right? We'll say Boca. We'll say Boca. I like Boca. Okay. Are you sure? It's B-O-C-A. We're going to say Boca. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, he woke up to a dark figure standing over him, um, s- suffered a strike to the head. Um, he actually lost consciousness, and when he come back, he walked to his neighbor, lost consciousness again. Uh, but he did survive. Um, there was the back door panel was broken as well, which was a known quote unquote signature of the X Men. And it was said that he couldn't remember what had happened. He just knew he got hit in the head. Yep. Well, he said he seen a dark figure that was standing over him, which oh, is yeah. very well known of the other tags. These people will need to set their house up like home alone. I think I solved the problem. If they just set little booby traps for him for when he comes in, that this whole thing would be avoided. Macaulay Culkin would have a fucking axe in his head if he was in New Orleans in 1918. More than likely, he'd be dead from the flu, but... Nah, he would have survived. You think so? Oh, yeah. He, 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 attacked, he got attacked by two people and still lived. Yeah, the Wet Bandits... And he made two more movies. Look, guys, I don't even like Home Alone that much, but this is twice the Wet Bandits that's brought up on this like podcast. You. 
Yeah, dude, if you can survive the wet bandits, you can survive some pudgy dude who likes yeah, to. Yeah, with an axe? Yeah, with an axe. The wet bandits have been brought up twice <laughs> on this podcast, and I will not have it. Think about these houses, dude. The floors would have creaked back then. I mean, these old ass houses, no. They weren't old then. They had just been made. Nah. Right? New Orleans, dude? No. Think about the cars that were around. They were sleeping. Yeah. I woke up. You're so stupid. Continue. Yeah, please. <laughs> So, uh, next attack happened on September 2nd of 1919. Uh, William Carson, a local druggist. Um, he actually escaped the Axemen and shot at the intruder, I think, several times. Um, oh, shot. Killer left a broken door and the axe behind. So, that was uh, one of the survivors that didn't get hurt. So, I don't know if you have this down, but I, on my paper... I have September 3rd was his next attack. I don't even have the second. Really? Yeah, I have September 3rd. Do you have this written down? I, well, yes, I do have that one, but the, the was September 2nd was the one the day before. They they didn't even put that on this. Obviously. This on the information that I found. So. Yeah, this is just hours after that attack. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah, it was... Uh, he wasn't pleased and had to strike again. Yeah, so like the 3rd, which was just a few hours uh, later... He attacked uh, La- Sarah Lauman. Tell me, did I say that right? Yeah, okay, I guess it's fine. It's cool. I'm, you you don't have to check it every time. Yeah, I like how he's like very insecure about this. I am. It's your fault. Now like, I feel like I'm illiterate. Well, it started with episode one when we made fun of him for being uh, not being able to pronounce the native names right. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, because yeah, he, he's the real native. Yeah, because he was the real native in well, the group. But you also said Orlando Jordano, and it yeah. was fucking great. It's like out of a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> Orlando Jordando, green eggs and ham. I hate y'all with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> so she was attacked in her sleep with an axe. Um, neighbors found her with severe head injuries and missing teeth. Um, but she fully recovered. So not only did he fail the first time, he failed the second time. But this was 1919. Teeth already could have been missing. True. Unless she said that she had a full head of teeth. Yeah. So the blood on the axe was found in the front lawn of the building. So this dude, he's a really shitty killer sometimes. Are you telling me? He, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like you said, Paul, before the podcast. He is the the shack of serial killers. He sucks at free throws. His percentage is awful. I was about to say, you had to dunk on Shaq, and then you said free throws. I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, he was pretty shit at them. hundred <laughs> percent. No, it, it's it's weird because you know when we look at serial killers, it's like numbers matter, but it's like this motherfucker still killed people. This dude terrorized the city. Oh yeah, I mean he traumatized people, families. At the end of the day, he killed people. Killed a two-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, he's a scary piece of shit to people. He's got more kills than Ed Gein. Yeah. And Ed Gein's a lot more famous than the fucking Axe, man. Yeah. Like, we can make fun of him, call him a pussy. He's all these Dumbass, but, I mean. He's a monster. Yeah, he is. Um, but he's also funky. I like to call him jazzy if I... <laughs> We could, we could have done without that. 
<laughs> we just lost our a third of what we already had somebody, lost. Somebody just cut off the podcast. We lost them at the end of the last episode. Now we just lost the rest of them. Fuck. <laughs> so the ninth and last attack, allegedly. Um, so I do want to put out there. You said ninth mm-hmm, attack, mm-hmm. but supposedly it was twelve attacks. Supposedly, but people that were confirmed associating him with the attack. Mm-hmm. They stated it was nine. It had like a few 200 miles uh, from the area in two different towns. One of them was across the Mississippi River, from what I heard. Okay. And you had some that happened in 1911 that uh, Shane was talking about. Um, but, yeah, so I, it could be more than just nine. I think it was, to be honest with you. Okay. Well, the, the reason I ask is because also in, in the, the new research I have, I only have eight. And as we said, I missed one. Uh, and it was it just wasn't in my research because I even pulled my research back up, uh, the website I was using, which gave me a timeline. Um, but for for them to have estimated 12 and for them to it, – it's interesting that different sources are claiming different numbers. We well, don't often see that. I wonder if sometimes like um, uh, that they count – the numbers as like victims you know what i'm saying or just like separate 12 attacks i don't know at the same time 200 miles back then would have been a long way in the automobiles they had it's true but it did happen like um roughly the next i think it was the next year was it a copycat uh that was rumored to be a copycat um a couple speculations. It was a copycat. It was the killer himself. Um, but, you know, yeah. like these murders, those killers were never caught as well. I just think it's interesting that different sources have different numbers. Because that's how disputed this guy is. It's not like, uh, uh, sorry to go back to it, but like the Boston Strangler, where there's like a definite number, or at least a universally approved number. With this, even like each source is selling us something different, which is interesting. It's crazy to me to think that if there was a way to keep his blood so close that he left at the crime scenes, that they could have like possibly figured out who he is today through DNA. They could. I, I feel know, like if there was a way to. Well, they've that. they have done it before. Yeah, I've heard of cases that's happened years later. They use family tree stuff using blood from other yeah. family members, and they can confine it to a certain group and but hey, this this that was your grandpa. Yeah, it was the uh, the Golden State Killer they did that with. Yeah, which he went undetected for years until like his son did a DNA test just for fun. Yeah, and like that's how he was caught. Which thank God, but yeah, I think we know for a fact it wasn't like twenty three and me. But other than that, we have no fucking clue which DNA thing it was. So, so the uh, on October twenty seventh, nineteen nineteen, Mike Pepitone, another Italian grocer. Wife found him after a, hearing a commotion from inside the house. Uh, uh, standing in the doorway, a large man was holding an axe and was fleeing the scene. Mike was struck in the head, but he had succumbed to his wound. Um, he left around his wife, left behind his wife and six children. You know, we talked about large man fleeing the scene. To me, it's like more than likely. Like, when they mean large, they probably mean, like, big and looming. Like, Paul, you're a you're bigger guy. You're taller and broad. So, like, if you're running away with a fucking axe, 
Fuck that. You're scary, dog. I'm not fucking with you. Uh, I don't know if you stated this or not, but I feel like I read something somewhere. Just to show how much of a coward he is, didn't he usually attack the husband first so he could get the he could get the you know the 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 uh, problem out of the way. The and upper then, hand on yeah, them. Yeah, he could get like once the husband's gone, like oh now I have this, and probably his eyes, I have this weak woman that can just do whatever I want to with. I don't know if it's <laughs> like I don't want to sound this. I'm not like giving him the upper hand, like, but I don't know if it's cowardice or if it's just smart. Were, you know? were there ways to actually? check sexual assault back then like did they actually do that i don't i mean that's very early dna dna was probably not that's what i'm saying so who knows so more than likely uh to to respond to what you just said shane uh more than likely there'd be uh scarring tissue or some kind of tearing around the uh genitalia which would normally show the sexual assault which is normally how they did that with earlier cases they would look at that but hypothetically, if he had a tiny pecker and it didn't do nothing, uh, there might not have been, 100%. Uh, but they don't believe that it was sexually motivated. As for what um, you guys were talking about, uh, can you repeat what you said one more time? Oh, I was talking about how he always attacked, didn't he always attack the husband first so he get that out of the way, then he can do anything he wants to this woman and the kid or whatever. I do have to agree with Paul under the idea of it's... it's I, this sounds more fucked up than what I mean. It's smart. It is. Right. Uh, it is, uh, especially during this time, you know, men are chopping firewood. Women are normally stay-at-home moms or working in the grocery store. So you kill the man first. You got a hell of a chance of getting out of there. And a lot of killers do that. Um, uh, several of the ones I've named, when they broke into a house, they attacked the man first. Not because they were there for the man. They were normally there for the women. A lot of killers are sexually motivated. And they tend to be men. They would attack the men first, kill them, then have their way with the women. And that's what they do because it, it's logical. It's fucking awful. It's brutal. It's terrible. But it's logical. Fucked up. Yes, man. So, uh, I, that's the last kill, right? Uh, allegedly, yes. Um, uh, I think, so I, I read a few things. Um, in December of 1920, um, now I did want to point out that December was when the 19th of December of 1920 was when the father and son were released on charges of murder. Now, during that month, there was a murder in the town of Alexandria, Louisiana. That's what I'm saying. That those guys spent all that time in there while more murders were happening. Yeah, which is like, why, like, I know some people be like, he's a big dude, like, he fits it. But th- in my opinion, they can't go from prison to the town of Alexandria, which is, a, from what I heard, like, 200 miles away. Now, don't quote me on that, but. Well, what if it was them? And then somebody else was a copycat that whole time. Because originally they were killing grocers. Could be. Oh, I was going to say, like, when the uh, when the woman, uh, uh, like, said the neighbors did it. Dude, I also imagine the cops being the cops. They were like, we have to find somebody and put it on somebody because it makes us look bad. So let's just throw them in jail. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't make a decision, it's like people start freaking out. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a controlled environment chaos starts but 
Yeah, tell not us that's... more about the times you've pinned things on people. Nah, fam, that ain't me. Nah, I think I think there was a lot more work that could have been done. Uh, actually, the um, head investigator that was covering the case of the Axeman, um, after these two gentlemen were released from prison, he stopped. He cut off ties from law enforcement and politics just because he couldn't find the killer. He said he'd never walk back into it. But, um, like I said, like in December of 1920, an Italian grocer, Joseph Sparrow, in the town of Alexandria, um, an actual man killed him and his baby daughter. Which that was 200 miles. It's 190.3 to be exact. Yeah. And in today's time, that would take three and a half hours to get there with one of our cars. Yeah. But imagine what they were driving. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, one month later, January 14th of 1921, Giovanni Orlando, which was a Italian grocer, um, he lived in the town of Dieter, uh, Louisiana. Giovanni was butchered. Um, his wife and two young children survived, but they also uh, continued to suffer for a long time from the serious injuries. So, y'all think it's a copycat, or do y'all think it could have been the expert? Just curious. It just stopped abruptly. Like, did he die from the flu? I feel like he died from the flu. Mm-hmm. Which, we didn't quite say that, but another round of the Spanish influenza swept through New Orleans in late 1919, around the same time he stopped. So it's very possible that the flu got him. Yeah, and, nobody knows. Uh, and that's one of those things is we'll never know. He could have stopped or he could have got got by the flu, 100%. And, I mean, the Should second Should have got that vaccine. Should have. Remember, kids. Vaccinate your kids. Kids, vaccinate your kids. <laughs> Remember, kids, vaccinate your kids. <laughs> kids, vaccinate your kids and your parents. Make them get the TB shot. It's very fucking important. Yeah. The Tyler Brown shot. Please and thank you. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck. So this is, I, I, I found this interesting just because of such a notorious man gets away with it. He, he lived his life. He got to do some fucked up shit and never got to answer for his crimes, you know. And like he had like one of the most like cockiest people of all time who, who did it. Times were so much different though. Like investigations weren't what they could be today automobiles i mean locks on the doors weapons i mean you're at the time of war um so you can get away with stuff that was known serial killers from uh the world war world war ii that getting away with it because you're in these times where people just they can't it's not as important what if it was just like a famous jazz player and he jazz was just like fading out and he's like you know what I gotta bring it back. I'm gonna start killing some people, make them play jazz. That that's actually very <laughs> brilliant, dude. I do love that. But uh, that's the plot of uh, the American Horror Story season three. He's, is it? he's a jazz player. I don't know that. <laughs> he, he's a jazz player who's just a dickhead, and he's like, I want to hear music. They should have had Shane on the case back then. Brad solved it already. I believe it. Me and you, mm. dynamic duo. You figure it out. I take them out. I like it. Yeah, dynamic duo. That's a cool little catchphrase. He also rhymed with out with out. But anyway, uh, I think he used, I think he used like the war as a distraction. I think he took he took advantage of, like people aren't really focused on like this town. They're focused on the world war. So I can do what I want, get away with it. The police, like you said, police work is not like it is today. Obviously, 
So I think he knew I could, I could, I can pretty much do what I want. Which points back to there's several, they're known, they're huge serial killers, but nobody talks about them because they was during world wars that you can use that as a cover up. I mean, it, that's, in my opinion, that's just more terrifying. People can just knowingly do that. Yeah, it's even even more evil. Like they like this world's going on. Because like, I I can kill people and get away with this. Even more evil of that. Let's cause more chaos, right. more death. You know, just add it to the list. Just because you can. Yep. Interesting. So, is there any last thoughts on the X Men in New Orleans? Are we gonna let this motherfucker finally die? Yeah. Well. He's still fifty fifty. He sucks. Mm. Great name though. Yeah, I feel like his KD ratio is a little down, but I feel like it's feel like it's actually very up. This yeah, is kill death he, ratio. He's a he point. Killed, he killed more people than he died, and then he died. I mean, he's a point five. My KD. Yeah, he would not survive in a Call of Duty lobby, bro. That's what I'm saying. I'm a one point two. I've seen motherfuckers like him in a Call of Duty lobby. They run around with their fucking the riot shields, shields and yeah, that's him. That would be who he is. <laughs> Well, Shield RPG. Uh, I want to remind everybody uh, to please follow us on Instagram at uh, the Boys Down the Road uh, or at Boys Down the Road. We we put in a lot of effort. We post about it. Uh, just please. Uh, we're also on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, on Anchor. Uh, just you know, give us a listen. Share us with your friends. Uh, give us a review, a follow. Hit the little bell, notified. Just make sure you get us out there. We're trying to make this big. We're trying to do what we can. And the more people that we have listening, the better off we'll be. I want to remind everybody that my name is Tyler. My name is Paul. Shane. Troy. And we will see you down the road.